Yeah, okay, we're on live. Okay, so good morning. And uh, so we're going to stand, if you'd like, and I'm going to open the service in prayer and then turn it over to our band, okay? Father, we thank you for the opportunity that we have to be together. And we thank you, Lord, that, um, wow, it's, it's so exciting to be in the same room, in the same place, at the same time. Uh, without hindrance, without screens, without all of these things. And so I pray, Lord, with all the bells and whistles and all the buttons and all of the volume controls and everything, that ultimately, Lord, you would be lifted up, you would be glorified, Caps. you would be the center of Amen. attention. May we forget about ourselves for a few moments and focus on you, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
Cut off the darkness into your glorious day. You called my name and I ran out of that grave. Out of the darkness into your glorious day. My soul, now your freedom is all that I know. The old made new, Jesus, when I met you, when you called my name, and I ran out of that grave. Out of the darkness into your glorious day, and you called my name, and I ran out of that way. Out of the darkness into your glorious day. I needed rescue. I needed rescue. My sin was heavy. The chains break at the weight of your glory. I need a shelter. I was an orphan. Now you call me a citizen of heaven. When I was broken, you were my healing. Now your love is the air that I'm breathing. I have a future. My eyes are open. Cause when you call my name, glorious day when you call my name and I ran out of that way out of the darkness into your glorious day when you call my name and I ran out of that grave out of the No longer have to 
song says my heart is wide open it occurs to me that um, that is not easy to do uh, to open one's heart wide especially when it comes to God I suppose when people are in love they can say my heart is wide open to my spouse you know on my left here Iggy and Pam happily married couple I'm looking at Harry and Estella, married couple, there's other married couples here. You say, my heart is wide open to my spouse. Well, that's good, but is your heart wide open to God? 
which is even better. And that's not always easy to do. There are a lot of things that can happen to us that make our hearts kind of close a little bit. Uh, the prophet, I think it was Ezekiel, talked about, or maybe it was Jeremiah, a heart of stone versus a heart of flesh. Is your heart open to God today? Father, we, we at this moment just come to you and Lord, uh, whatever our week has been like, I pray, Lord, that you would help us to make a decision to be open to you and to let go of the constant control that we want of our lives. Lord, we always seem to want a plan B. Uh, if God doesn't come through, I'll do this. If God doesn't come through, I'll do that. I'll always have a plan B. But Lord, I pray that there would only be your plan and that we would only say, God, if it's not you, it's just not going to happen. May our hearts be open to you today. I pray for those who are, who are in this place and those who are watching at this moment. Uh, God, that distractions would just be, be put aside and somehow we'd all be able to focus on the Master today. We are so grateful to uh, be with one another. And we pray that today you would help us and empower us along those lines. I pray for those who are dealing with all kinds of different stresses right now and it can close their heart anxiety, financial pressures, uh, relational pressures at home. Uh, a pandemic tends to bring that out. But I pray, Lord, that your spirit would just overcome people today. Your spirit would be present in that apartment, in that household. Your spirit would be present everywhere, all the time, as he always is. But may we sense him in a greater way today. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you all. You may be seated and uh, thank you to the band for leading us today. They've got a little treat for you at the end. So don't run out too, too quickly. And uh, welcome to all of you who are watching online. Uh, thank you. And uh, if you are watching online, you know what to do. There's a little share button on your device there. It's uh, you're watching on a phone or you're on a tablet or whatever. Somewhere there's a share, okay? You're probably watching on uh, Facebook Live or YouTube. You might be on our website, but if you're on Facebook or uh, YouTube now, you can hit that share button, all right, and let other people know about this. This broadcast. I've got a little bit of feedback, Benga, so you can fool around with my settings. And uh, if you guys can make sure I'm coming in loud and clear for the people at home. Uh, thank you to the techies who have uh, been working so hard. We got this all set up in record time today because we have such little time to uh, prepare. They give us restrictions to work with, uh, but it seems to have worked out quite, quite well. And you are part of a little bit of history today. You are the 25 who made it in today. So give yourselves a little hand and wave at yourself. Give yourself a little high five. You're one of the 25. Yeah. Now I have a camera. 
that I'm going to use to take a picture here. Just hold on. We're going to leave the, leave the people at home for one second. And they're just looking at a blank screen. But I just need to photograph this because this is just a little bit of history, okay? This is the second in-person gathering that we have had as a church since this whole thing started. So I figured I would just take a picture, all right? I hope that doesn't bother you. I could take your picture too. That's supposed to be a joke, okay? I can hear you laughing, all of you who are watching online, all right? Um, yeah, you're part of a little bit of history, so thank you so much for coming out uh, today. And just wanted to give you a couple of announcements before we uh, go further today. Uh, this message is, is titled, The Power of Together. The Power of Together. If you're a first-time guest, maybe you are online. Uh, if you can text the key phrase, reach the one to 514-900-0130. And I've got something waiting for you that'll be in your inbox. Keep checking in with us uh, on our website at citypointchurch.ca. And uh, I'll just go through this really quickly. Pray for our missionaries, the Charbonneaux who are in Port-au-Prince, Haiti, and the mans who are preparing to head overseas to teach leadership training, such a crucial um, uh, subject these days. And uh, starting next week, we are going to get into our Advent series called Rediscover Christmas. When you're living through a crazy time like this, the year 2020, uh, it's a great opportunity to look at the Christmas story in a fresh way. So we're going to start that next week and we will stream it uh, from our Bible college in Longay. But we're working on trying to get back in here uh, at some point in the month of December. OK, thank you for your faithfulness in giving to the outreach that we're doing through our local food bank. Uh, there was an individual from our church who came in this week and they were just, whoa, blown away that... Uh, that it was covered for them and uh, there are a few families that are benefiting from it you may know people who need it and so if that's the case uh, you can continue to give uh, toward that endeavor just mark on your um, your electronic gift or if you're using an envelope today i do have some envelopes if you want to give at the end of the service uh, as well as the machine i brought it in today but just mark food bank on it and a number of people have given to that so that's great and also, uh, we're starting soon to pack all these boxes for Good Shepherd Elementary School. My house is filled with goods right now. And uh, so there's money that's coming in for that as well. Just put Good Shepherd or school on your gift, and that would be great. And remember that Operation Christmas Child is going to be winding up soon. You can visit SamaritansPurse.ca slash OCC for details. And all you're giving, the easiest way is online. Uh, through our website, and again, I brought in all of the gadgets today if you want to do it in person, all right? want to talk to you about the power of together today. Are we okay on the stream? Volume is not good? Okay, uh, see if I'm coming in there, Benga. We'll just pause and make sure. You coming in? I'm coming in okay on the volume? Okay, good. You let me know, my technicians, uh, what needs to change, and we'll make it work okay for the people at home. Uh, question for you. Those of you at home, you can answer uh, online. Those of you who are here, you could answer in your head or shout it out if you want. What have we learned so far the last eight months in this pandemic? What have we learned about church in the pandemic? 
It's been whatever, eight, nine months. This is only the second time that we've been able to uh, get together in this place and have what I'll call an in-person gathering. We met a couple of times uh, in a park just informally, but wow, what an amazing and strange change to church. I mean, most of us were used to if we're, you know, regular in our church attendance, we're used to, well, it's part of the routine, right? You go to church every Sunday and, you know, it's part of the whole routine and you get dressed, you get the kids or the family in the car or however it works for you and you make an intentional decision to go to church. And all of a sudden, very, very quickly, that the plug was pulled on that and there's no more go to church. And so people probably at the beginning, you're wondering, you're a little nervous, like, is something bad going to happen to me? I mean, I feel a little guilty, you know, I'm not go- going to church. And uh, okay, I guess I'll tune in online because they have it online now. And so I'll go online. But it, maybe some of you say, well, I, you know, I kind of feel a little sleepy this morning and Maybe I'll watch it a little bit later. After all, they recorded and posted. And maybe I'll fast forward through the worship and just get to the message. Or maybe I'll ignore the message and just look at the worship or whatever. And you, well, what if something bad's going to happen to me because I'm not going to church? Maybe God will do something. And then you discovered it's kind of the same. I slept in and nothing bad happened. But that means I'm not going to church. Uh, What is church anyway? And I think people have realized one of the good things about this, that church never was a place that you go. Church has always been a people who you are. So this idea of go to church is not something that you're going to find in the pages of the Bible. Uh, You're going to find the church being identified as a group of people, as an assembly, as a congregation as people gathered together in the same place, at least that's the way it is in the pages of the New Testament, around the person of Jesus of Nazareth. So I think we've learned that church is not a place. But the question becomes then, is the in-person gathering and People who I'm looking at in this audience are part of the in-person gathering, like right here in this room. Is the in-person gathering going extinct? Why do we need it? Why do we need to gather together in the same place? Why go through all of the trouble of being in the same place at the same time? After all, we have the technology. Isn't it the same thing? Aren't we getting the same experience out of just turning on our devices and broadcasting and streaming and using the stuff in the 21st century? What I want to try and do today is try and illustrate for you the power of being together in the same place, in the same room, at the same time. And it is not to minimize you all who are watching online or who will watch, who will listen online, not at all. And there are, there are folks who just say, you know, this, I'm more comfortable at this time doing it this way. And it's not to diminish that at all. Uh, online church is here to stay. We were streaming online before the pandemic. We will continue to stream online after the pandemic. We're actually getting better and better at it. Hopefully it sounds okay today. We had to put all this together really, really fast today. 
Uh, but online church is not going anywhere anytime soon. It begs the question, what's the point of coming together then anyway? Is it going to go extinct? And I want to try and illustrate for you the power of together today. This is from the end of two uh, of what I call the Johns. Uh, Second John and Third John. So if you're new to the Bible and you look in your table of contents, number one, you're probably going to be really confused because there's like 66 books there and you got your Old Testament and your New Testament. And you're wondering what all that is. But if you look in your New Testament, you're going to see a lot of Johns there. You're going to see John. Then you're going to see one John. Then you're going to see two John. Then you're going to see three John. Say, what are all these Johns? Why didn't they just put it all in one book? And then actually, the book of Revelation is probably written by the same guy, John. Well, there's a different intent from each of these pieces of literature from John. And same guy who wrote the Gospel of John wrote these three letters. And two of them are really, really short. And two of them are addressed to two specific individuals. But we have them uh, for us, and I just want to read the end of them. Uh, You can read those books on your own. They're super, super short. And you can boast that you read two books of the Bible because they're one page long. You know, Second John is 13 verses and Third John is 13, 13 verses as well. So you can read two books of the Bible really fast and say, I'm starting to get acquainted with these Johns. All right. But at the end of Second John and at the end of Third John, there's a couple of statements that are repeated that I want you to take a look at uh, this morning. Here's how he writes it. And the first letter, 2 John, is written to a woman. We don't know her name. She probably hosted uh, a church in her home. Um, The second letter, uh, 3 John, is written to a man by the name of Gaius. But John ends these letters the same way. This is what he says. I have much to write to you, but I do not want to use paper and ink. First century technology. If you wanted to communicate to people who you couldn't be in their you couldn't be in their presence face to face for whatever reason, what would you do? You would write it down. That's why we have the New Testament. They wrote it down. They wanted it circulated. They wanted it read to different churches. Uh, even though sometimes it was a letter to an individual, we see it in our New Testament today, like we do here. Second John, Third John is ancient literature. It's two thousand years old. Ancient technology. But he's using it and he says, I do not want to use paper and ink. Why? Instead, I hope to visit you and talk with you face to face. Um, I've been a pastor for two decades and have visited hundreds of people in hospitals, seniors' homes, in their home, uh, and there's always something about taking the time to go and visit someone, especially to visit them where they are. The impact of a five-minute visit in a hospital room, people never forget that. And somebody actually took the time not to call, not to text, not to video call, but they actually took the time to go and visit and be with me face 
to face. This is what John is alluding to here. There's something better than using pen and ink to communicate to these people. I hope to visit and to talk with you face to face so I can see you, so you can see me because with this old first century technology, we can't see each other. You say, well, we've got this technology. I can hear the people at home saying, no, 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 pastor, we've got this technology. Well, we'll look at that in a moment, okay? So that our joy may be complete. As if to say, there's something incomplete about this technology that I'm using. I can write to you. I have so much that I want to write to you, but there's an incompleteness to it. If I could be with you, if I could be in your presence and I could talk with you face to face, if I could visit you, then our joy would be complete. Implication, it's somewhat incomplete with me writing it down and sending it to you. So I want to talk to you today about the power of together uh, using three words that start with T. All right, three words that start with T. And again, those of you watching online, this in no way is to uh, diminish you at all or your experience, but I think you are going to say, mm, that's true at the end of this message, uh, even though you're using this technology today, and uh, thank you for, for doing that. Uh, T number one, the power of together is transparency. Transparency. So if you look to my left, your right, you see these little pieces of plexiglass here. And uh, the theater said to us, they said, well, we've got some new rules in place uh, compared to when we met in September. They tightened it a little bit, and which is fine. It's all for safety. And they said, we've got some new rules in place. If the people in your band want to sing, then the people in your band have to wear a mask and they have to have plexiglass in front of them. At which point I gasped and said, are you expecting me to convince these musicians to sing into a microphone with A, a mask, and B, a piece of plexiglass? And they said, that's, well, they didn't say it this way, but effecti effectivement, they said, that's your problem. <laughs> if you want to come in here and sing, that's the way it's going to be. And furthermore, if your congregation wants to sing, your congregation must wear a mask and wear plexiglass as well. And furthermore, if your congregation and your band want to sing at the same time, your congregation and your band must face the screen at the same time. So, you know, it would be an interesting view for you who are here today to see the backs of people. Uh, but that was the arrangement. And so this is why we have these pieces of plastic. And these are transparent, right? You can see through them. I know they've got some fingerprints on them and all that. But they're transparent. Um, I'm not talking about that kind of transparency. I'm talking about the transparency that happens, or at least a greater transparency, when you're in the same room with a person communicating with that person. 
Um, you ever seen someone do a lie detector test? You ever seen that? You know, on TV or something, and they, 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 they do it in, you know, court cases and all this, and they say, well, we'll do a lie detector test. You know how that works, right? You, you, you connect this person up to all these gizmos and gadgets and monitors their heart rate and various vital signs, and the person asks them certain questions because the body was not really made to lie. It gives itself away. Uh, I was playing a, a board game with, with my family yesterday, and uh, my daughter uh, is outstanding at being able to tell when I'm lying. And this was a game where you win if you lie. You conceal what cards you have and so on. And she's quite able, wherever she is, she's quite able to tell when daddy's lying. And so I really have to work hard. Uh, just visually, she can tell. She doesn't have probes, you know, connected to my hand to monitor my heart rate or whatever. So I can try and lie, but she's really, really good at um, figuring it out. I'm not so good at figuring out when she's lying in the game. <laughs> she's usually better at the game than I am. But when you do a lie detector test, you want that person right in front of you so you can watch them, so you can observe them. You're going to do a lie detector test and you're going to do it through a video call. It's not going to be very effective. No matter what technology you try and use, it's probably not going to work. Now, the people on the other end of this camera, you say, well, I can see you. You can see. Well, I can't really see you. In fact, I don't even know who you are unless you identify yourself and you put something on a message and you say hi or whatever or you put your name or you respond to something. I have no idea who's watching and there's, a, there's less transparency. When you're on a video call and how many of you have been on video calls in the last eight months? Put your hand if you work, school, church. You are on some kind of video call, Zoom call, or whatever they call those different platforms. Put your hand up if you were on a call. Put your hand up if you were not on a call. Well, I see Benga said no, and my wife said no. So you guys have been on calls. Yeah, if you've been on a call, you know what a video call is like compared to being in person, face-to-face -face with somebody. And I'd like you to try an experiment. And those of you who are watching from home, I'd like you to try this experiment as well. Next video call you're on, don't look at the person who you're on the call with. Just look at yourself. You probably will notice, if you haven't done so already, that they really don't know. It's hard for them to tell exactly what you are looking at. Sometimes you look at that camera. And I'm looking at the camera right now. You know, it's got a little red light on it and a little lens on it. Sometimes they don't look at the camera and they look at something on the screen. But you're not real sure. Are they looking at me? Are they looking at themselves? I'd like you to try the next time, even if it's a one-on-one -on -one call, just look at yourself the whole time. Probably the person on the other end of that call is not going to say, you know what, you're so selfish. All you do is look at yourself while you're talking to me. <laughs> right? They're not going to say that at all. In fact, they're probably looking at themselves more than they're looking at you anyway. They're looking at how they look. They're looking at how they look when they communicate. 
They're looking at what's in the background. What am I showing this person? What do I want to show this person? And with the technology today, you can hide your face, right? You just put your name on the screen if you don't want someone to see your face. You don't want them to see what's going on in the background for whatever reason. And there are some embarrassing stories, right? There are some people who've been embarrassed by, you know, doing things on Zoom calls and thinking that there, no one was watching and that the camera was shut off. And then you get caught. And there are various stories in the news, various kinds of sordid stories in the news about this, all right? You've got to be really careful, but you can show people what you want to show them. There's a difference between looking into that camera and looking someone in the eye. Eyeball to eyeball. Or as John would say, face to face. Technically, you can't look face to face at somebody when you're using video calls because you'd technically be looking into the camera and they'd be technically looking into the camera but they can't see your face when they're looking into the camera but technically they're looking at you in the eye when they're looking at the camera oh that's the limitation of the technology you can hide in that conversation it's easier to be less transparent but when you're face to face with someone and you're communicating with people, maybe it's a group of people, wow, who you are starts to become more visible to people. In a video call, when you're in a group especially, if you don't like somebody on the call, <laughs> you never have to look at them. Have you noticed this? Maybe you've been in a work call and there's a colleague at work or it's to school. You know, some of the kids here, you're, you're doing video uh, for your classes. You know, you got 20, 30 kids on a Zoom call. And there's some kid who you don't like, or maybe you don't like the prof. You technically never even have to look at their face. And they won't know. You can just look at your own face. You can look at somebody else's face. But that person technically is probably never going to know. Because there's less transparency. There's something about being in the presence of a person or people and you look at one another in the eye. Someone has said the eye is the window of the soul. And there's something about that face to face. Uh, T number two is touch. Touch. Uh, that camera that, you're, that you look at in those calls, that's not a person. I can reach in and I can touch that lens for the people who are watching me. But I'm not touching you. I'm just touching a camera that's showing you a picture of me. There's something spectacular that happens when humans touch. What did Jesus do when he was ministering to people 2,000 years ago? He didn't just talk to people. He touched people. And he touched people sometimes that no one touched. They may have been unclean and he touched them. They may have had uh, what we sometimes call leprosy and he would touch them. They may have been marginalized in society. And he put his hands on them and he touched them. They may have been children and he touched them. And there's something very, very powerful about human touch unfortunately in a pandemic 
people lose that? When's the last time you gave somebody a big old hug who wasn't part, let's say, of your immediate family? Uh, when's the last time you shook someone's hand? Something about shaking someone's hand. <laughs> That'll probably not happen for years, even after they find a vaccine uh, that works. By the way, imagine getting minus 80. I mean, this, this vaccine from Pfizer, you have to transport this thing at minus 80. You know that, right? Can you imagine getting minus 80 in your... I'm, I'm sure they have to warm it up, okay? But even after they have this vaccine... I think people are going to be very scared to shake someone's hand. There's something about it, the closeness. It's like we were created for touch. I've married uh, couples who uh, met online. They met on the internet. In fact, that's very common now, uh, that couples are meeting online. Um, and, uh, but they don't keep it online, do they? <laughs> they don't say, well, you know, we're, now we want to get married. Okay, let's find the pastor who will do the online wedding, <laughs> right? And we can just live online, you know? I mean, it would be like a family using their devices to communicate uh, while they're in the same room at the same time. You know, just use your device and text, right? That there's something missing there, and there's no, there's no couple that wants to keep their relationship going through communications like this, right? The couple wants to be together. And that's what, that's what marriage is, when those two people come together. Jesus said the two will become one flesh from Genesis. Human touch, intimacy. And you cannot have this, back in John's day, through the pen and the paper, he longed to be with the woman who he's writing in 2 John. He longed to be with Gaius, who he's writing to in 3 John, so that he could see them, so that he could touch them. There's something powerful about that. Again, uh, when you're visiting someone and you touch them, when you're visiting someone in a hospital and you touch them, you put your hand on them and you pray for them or you hold their hand. Something powerful about that. I've done hospital visits where the people couldn't communicate verbally. The only way that they could communicate is with a hand squeeze. So I'd hold their hand. I'd say, if you can hear me, squeeze my hand. I'd squeeze my hand. There's something powerful about that. And finally, um, taste. I'll use the word taste for this. And using the incarnation of Jesus as, a, as an illustration. What are the five senses, right? There's taste, touch, shout it out at me. Taste, touch, smell, hearing, and sight, right? The five senses. You don't have that the same way when you're using technology, whatever it may be. Back in John's day, it was pen and paper. Uh, in our day, it's cameras and microphones, I can't smell a person through a microphone. Sometimes the smell of a person is important. Uh, you know, th those of you dating, married, or have been married, or whatever, you wear perfumes and all that kind of stuff, because there's something about when you, ah, I know who that is. I can smell them. Hopefully it's a good smell. Right? So the five senses get involved in the most... 
uh, efficient way when you're face-to-face in the same place with that person or people. So John writes it this way um, in 1 John when he talks about Jesus. Because if you think about Jesus and you think about Christmas, which we're going to celebrate uh, over the next few weeks as we go into this whole Advent series right up until Christmas, the whole idea of Christianity is that God didn't just say he loves us. God didn't write some message on a cloud in the sky. God didn't just write you know, prophecy in the Old Testament through the hands of people promising salvation. He didn't just give lip service to it. He didn't, give, he didn't use some type of layer between himself and humanity. He didn't use some type of technology between himself and humanity. He removed all of it and became a person, became human. So God became flesh in the person of Jesus. And he, when he came into this world, he didn't come as, a, as an adult. He came right at the beginning like all of us do. He was born into this world as a human, as a little infant, as a little vulnerable, crying baby. And lived and walked among us and died a violent death on a cross as an atonement for our sin. Wow, you talk about the five senses. You talk about being in the same room with people. God came into our room. God wants to be with us. What did Matthew quote from Isaiah? He shall be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. This is the Christmas story. Transparency. God is transparent to us. Nothing hidden. Touch. These people touched God in the flesh. Taste. The five senses all involved as people experience the Son of God as a real person. I'm going to finish here by reading from 1 John. Uh, we've seen Second uh, John and Third John, but this is the way John writes it in First John. And the band, you guys can come back. You've got a special uh, prepared for us at the end. That I'm sure people are going to really like us into the Christmas, uh, Christmas mood a little bit. But this is how John writes it in First John. He says it this way: uh, That which was from the beginning. What beginning? The beginning. That which was from the beginning which we have heard, that sense of hearing, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at, and our hands have touched. Remember uh, Thomas, and Thomas in the Gospel of John, right? He, he had real difficulty with the resurrection of Jesus, a bodily resurrection of Jesus. And he said, unless I touch 
the wounds in his hands and in his side, I will not believe. This we proclaim concerning the word of life. The life appeared and we have seen it and testified to it and we proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and has appeared to us. And we proclaim to you what we have seen and what we have heard. Why? So that you also may have fellowship. The word for fellowship meant common. It meant uh, uh, relational. It meant uh, intimate. It meant being in the same place at the same time. We translate it fellowship in the English language. And our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. We write this to make our joy complete. There's something incomplete, he's saying, about not having God with us. There's something incomplete about us not being together, celebrating God with us. And even right now, there's something incomplete in that Jesus is not physically with us and we are not physically with Him. That's why He's coming back one day, that we would be with Him forever. And that's the Christmas story, and that's the best illustration of the power of together. So I'm going to pray and then let the band uh, finish up today and then we'll, we'll close the stream for the people who are watching online. Uh, would you take a moment and, and pray with me, those of you who are online, those of you who are in the audience today. Father, we thank you, we praise you, and we worship you today. What an amazing, exciting piece of good news that God came to us, that God was with us in Jesus, that God is with us now through the Spirit, that God is coming again, that Lord, you're not leaving us as orphans, but Lord, we are so grateful that even now we can have a relationship with you. We can be together and we can encourage one another we can experience fellowship. We can experience communion. We can experience touch and transparency and taste together. So I pray, God, for people who have that sense of loneliness today, for people who feel isolated today. Lord, that by your Spirit you would encourage Lord, you are everywhere all the time. May people sense that you are with them even at this very moment. And Lord, we look forward to the next few weeks as we think of Christmas and the ultimate, ultimate reality that God came to us in Jesus. And we pray to that end and everyone said, Amen and amen. Enjoy the music, everyone.